Absolutely. Absolutely. I think definitely limiting it. You don't have to completely remove yourself because that creates a whole other problem. You don't want to be disconnected from what is now the central form of communication. Mm -hmm. But you definitely need to be strict with yourself about it. And when you see, be purposeful about what you put on your own pages, things like saying not interested the things that wouldn't be beneficial to you like for girls it's things like photos of supermodels and that kind of stuff giving you very yucky feelings about yourself or for guys i'm sure there's a similar equivalent or it's just things like not going on your phone straight away when you wake up so that your first thing you see is all these uh, the highlight reels of other people's lives when you're looking at your own bloopers it's like not a very good <laughs> way to compare yourself so i think it's good to have it's really good to stay in contact with your friends and say in the limits it's fun to post it's fun to do all that stuff but you definitely need to have rules around it for your own well-being here's the million dollar question how do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities working being good husbands fathers and still take care of ourselves that's the question this podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to Fallible Nation and welcome to our first time listeners. My name is Brent and today I have a very special show for you. Peter and Belle Anthony are bringing you a Christmas present just a little bit early, early to this year. Peter, Belle, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, thanks Brent. <laughs> now, you guys are joining me from the other side of the world for me. You guys are in beautiful Australia this morning, or in your case, this morning. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the future. <laughs> we're in the future. We're talking to you from Sydney, Australia. From Sydney, Australia. Okay. I like to ask my guests because I've gotten to work with a few of your fellow, fellow Australians. And so I seem to be mostly along that coastline with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the, if your listeners know Sydney, we're on the, the northern beaches of Sydney. So you can imagine Sydney Harbour and the Harbour Bridge. And if you go north, there's a series of around nine beautiful beaches right on the coast. So that's where we live. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Sad. Sun, sun, the Sunshine Coast is a little farther north, right? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. just above us. Yeah, All just right. above us. One, one of our good friends, Aaron Young, is up on the Sunshine Coast. Aaron and I have oh, collaborated a couple times. So, yeah, it's been fun. I always love talking to our brothers and sisters in Australia because this is just cool. The fact that we can connect yeah. from across the world is just awesome. Yeah, it is. It is very cool. It's very cool. It's, I think that's one of the beauties of technology that be able to connect with people anywhere in the world and see them and talk to them as if they're in the room right in front of you. Now, yeah. I don't do really big intros because I could read accolades off, but that doesn't really help anybody. So this is the hard question. You guys can get through this when you're set, right? <laughs> <laughs> who is Peter Anthony? And then who is Bell Anthony in your own words? Okay, well, I'm a, a father of two children, Blake and Bill, obviously sitting alongside me. I run a consulting business and I've spent the, the last few years really focusing on being Bill's dad. That's, uh, that's me and I love it. I love being a father. I can't think of anything I enjoy more in the world. What about you, Bill? Bill? I'm Bill. I don't run a consulting firm. <laughs> I, um, I'm at University for Criminology. I have quite a passion for this general well-being side of things, having experienced the hardship elements myself but yeah i'm just i'm me i want to be a lawyer i adore my friends he's pretty cool <laughs> yeah all right bell you're at university you said and you're studying for yeah. criminology 
Yeah, yeah. ideally transferring into law next semester. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Ambitious. That's a that's awesome. We could use some good lawyers in the world. I think yeah. watch this space. If she becomes a lawyer, Brent, we better better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be if it does anything, I got you. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, you know, I'm just I'm just counting on her bailing me out when she gets her law degree. Oh yeah, yeah. Call me up. Oh, <laughs> like, I know you're in Australia, but but I'll figure it out. It's fine. It's a completely different system, but don't worry about it. Is there a particular branch of law you want to go into? Um. Well, I'm primarily interested in. Well, it can't just be me, but trying to make a difference and changing the system from the inside out because a lot of people are quite heavily advantaged just from step one within the legal system. So whether that be prosecuting against people that violate human rights or defending the people who have had those rights violated. I'm not entirely sure, but I definitely want to be doing something in the like progressive helping people sector, all of it, ideally criminal. Okay. But, so yeah. no business law or tax law or anything like that. You want to go straight? I get so bored. <laughs> I would get so bored. <laughs> she hears too much about business from me, Brent. So all I do is bore her out of it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Belle, let me ask you a question. In your opinion, yep. how important is a father in a young woman's life? I think it's pretty paramount. It definitely gives you a model of what a man should be or how you should be treated by men in general. It's your first relationship that shows you that level of I don't know, interaction. And I think it makes a very, very big difference to people that have a difficult one developing relationships later in their life or just developing their own like sense of self-image and worth it can really influence all of that so i'd say it's critical the relationship you have with your dad not the people that don't have like you can do absolutely dandy without one but i think it does definitely benefit those who have a good relationship with their dads or parents in general okay yeah. i appreciate you sharing that because Right now, I, I don't know how it is there, but in the States, there's a lot of pushback right now about, it's like, ah, you don't really need a dad in the house. Like fatherless mm -hmm. homes are at an all-time high. I think yeah. I think that's pretty across the board, but yeah, I can only say for sure here. Pretty big right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I think definitely single mothers are super women and you can do very well in a house without that figure there, but I think it definitely benefits you a lot more to have that father around to show you things. Even if it's just like, I don't know, he shows me how to like hammer things. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know how to fix the pool cleaner. Like, really, like, oh, those are really important things. Yeah. Like yeah. using a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very I'm very technically minded, Brent. I can I can use a hammer and get a nail. Ooh. It's well hey. <laughs> if I ever wanted to go into golf, <laughs> I've got it here. <laughs> Now, just out of curiosity, if you could have a conversation with anybody living or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, probably Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She, I find her incredibly fascinating and just an amazing woman. She did so much for the women's rights movement and she was just so incredibly motivated regardless of everything that was thrown at her. And even when her husband fell ill, she did her Harvard law degree and his at the same time. Mm -hmm. Ended up on the Supreme Court, did a lot for women. I just, I look up to her a lot. I'd probably want to meet her. Okay. Just like fist bump mm -hmm. her or something. I don't know. <laughs> Peter, what about you? Uh, I think if anyone living or dead, I, I think it, 
um, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian, Brent, so I'd, I'd like to meet Jesus um, in, and, and ask him, like, what really happened, like, ha- uh, what really happened, what he really meant, and uh, what message he would have for us today. That is actually, like, the number one person I get on this question right here. I, I've really? had, yeah, I've recorded several interviews recently, and, and yeah, Jesus is, like, the number one answer. It's like, huh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's cool i think it'd be yeah it'd be cool to see what what he really thinks and how accurate the bible is representing him through the gospels that i'd be keen to know that all right i always like to ask because it, it helps people understand you know who they're talking to and uh just a little bit about the way you think and right it helps you paint picture of people when you start asking these questions here's here's the showstopper what's your favorite ice cream See, that one's even harder. <laughs> Either mint chocolate or hazelnut, I would say, to that very politically charged question. <laughs> My one. What about yours? Uh, mine, one. mine would be caramel. Just good old-fashioned caramel. It's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have some... It's always fun when you talk to people around the world because you find out there are different, very different flavors mm-hmm. around the world. One of the guys I talked to in Sydney uh, told me about a was like burnt fig and almond or something mm-hmm. down there. We've got very different like confectionery as well. Yeah. Got things like crunchies and that kind of stuff that you guys don't have, which is your bad. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. But we've got some very wacky food here. Yeah. <laughs> like Vegemite's the big one. You know, I've had Vegemite, so mm-hmm. I, I, I. What was the verdict? I wasn't fond of it, but no? but yeah. that also I I also have to leave in the part that that could have been just direct exposure, how I had it, mm. right? Because that yeah. was one of those one of those strange things where one of my friends managed to get a hold of some Vegemite. He's like, "Dude, I heard about this. We got to try it." And so like we're trying it straight out of the little shaker thing. Yeah, no. And it's no, probably no, no. yeah. Gotta get toast, yeah, layer yeah. of thin layer of Vegemite. Yeah. 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 So I, I figured part of it had to be the experience, right? How you mm-hmm. how you try things when you try things. Exactly. It's yeah. like I uh, I didn't try scotch until I had a friend who was just a scotch lover mm-hmm. because I didn't want to have bad scotch and get the idea wrong yeah. idea about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to put things in perspective. In perspective, that matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're raised with that too, Brad. I mean, we're... Uh, Vegemite's something, one of the first things a baby tastes in Australia. Okay. So it, it, you're, 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 it's part of your upbringing, basically. So, yeah. yeah. Most okay. Australians like Vegemite. Okay, they're overseas. It's, it yeah. gives you a sense of being home. Well, it's a, yeah, there's that emotional co- connection, right? I, I have a yeah. deep connection with uh, banana pudding. I, yeah. I grew up with my mom, my grandmother. My grandmother lived with us my whole life. We have banana pudding. And like, just smelling it cooking, I'm like, yes, I'm just start salivating. <laughs> right? Can you cook a good banana pudding, Brent? I can, I can. You can, okay. I, I actually am a, a, a bit of cook. I, growing nice. up in a house with my mom, and my grandmother, my dad actually was an army cook. And so I grew up in a household of people who cook. So we all, I, I had an entire kitchen set before I graduated high school. That's like really cool. when I moved out, my mom had to buy some stuff because she was using some of my spatulas and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. 
so i'm that, that's one that's one of those things i do for stress relief mm. so I'll, I'll cook big meals my wife used to come home and be like oh you had a rough day because there'd be like a six course dinner cooking <laughs> like you cooked for an entire family yeah. are, you, are you all right <laughs> it, it was a bad day at work today huh okay <laughs> so yeah that's uh banana pudding which is something man it's we're there so yeah I, I get the emotional connection for sure now we'll we'll get a little more serious here bell you had an experience that impacted your life in a pr pretty traumatic way yeah. now we don't have to go too deep into it, but let me ask you guys what was your relationship feel like before that before that Ours. before that event yeah what was y'all's father-daughter relationship um, like before that we definitely weren't too close for a while. It kind of, we got quite disconnected just throughout, I don't know, growing up. I mean, I definitely, I went to my dad as like a steady man in the storm in that situation. And it definitely like gave us a whole new dimension because I hadn't really let anybody in on what was going on. He was one of the people I did and who ended up helping me fix it from the inside to the out. But beforehand, we definitely were a little, like, much more distant than we are now. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Peter, <laughs> did you want to add anything to that, Peter? Uh, yeah, that's absolutely accurate. I mean, we were, um, she was a, a typical uh, teenage girl, if you like, and she was finding her own feet and living her own life. And uh, whilst I cared about it and loved her, she wasn't a, a huge part of my life and I wasn't a huge part of hers. So we connected, but not, not that close, if you like. Okay. Yeah. Now, after this experience, your life started changing, Bell. How did your life change? Well, I mean, I just, at some point, I had to start living for myself to a certain extent. I was mainly just trying to survive and get through and make everything work. And at a certain point, I had to realize that the slack wasn't going to be picked up by anybody else. And if you're not your own biggest cheerleader, no one else is going to be. So just things like getting out of bed in the morning, like even when that's tricky, just walking outside, like slowly building it up in that way. That's just like, okay, have a piece of bread for breakfast. And then maybe tomorrow have toast with something on it. And like, I just started, I moved schools to get out of the environment that I was in. I started really buckling down on some more things, tuning out, taking energy I put into potentially self-destructive behaviors and putting them towards things like studying, or like you said, stress relief. I get like, I do like special little self-care things when I get super stressed out and it always really helps. Just like finding those behaviors that help increase your general well-being, I think was probably the biggest change. Okay. Channeling that energy into something productive. Let's yeah. take a couple steps back. After you had this traumatic experience, how did your life change mm -hmm. from before that? You started behaving um, differently or... <laughs> to shut down i spent a lot of time in bed i stopped i quit taekwondo i quit quit, band, school, I quit school essentially i quit friends i just laid in my bed and didn't really do anything no. okay. at all to be honest it doesn't it's not a very interesting story but i just kind of withdrew yeah. into well, myself for quite a while and and self-destructive things like smoking and yeah which we don't need to talk <laughs> yeah i wasn't being that kind to myself and okay. then i started 
taking away opportunities from myself and just withdrawing into this not very happy little shell. Okay. And then eventually slowly started crawling back out of it. Peter, into a butterfly. <laughs> Peter, during that time period, what? how did you see it from a father's perspective? Uh, well, initially, uh, initially, I, I thought it was pretty easy, Brent. I thought, wow, she's devastated. She's in a very bad space. Uh, all I really need to do is to tell her the way. Say, Tough love. like, like, Belle, you are, you are here, and you need to be here. <laughs> and, get up. Why? Why? Like, just, just get, get up. Just get up and go to school. And I mean, what's, what's hard to understand? <laughs> what I mean, like, it's, uh, so my my first approach was totally off track. I totally. Uh, almost the opposite of what was required. I, I thought, you're here, you need to be here, just just go, just go forth and do it. Um, and uh, and I also thought it was very much about me uh, loving Belle and showing how much I loved her. And I was wrong on both counts, completely wrong, way off track. Um, I needed to really uh, work with Belle or help Belle take those tiny steps, like just getting up out of bed in the morning before, say, midday, and then making it a little bit earlier, a bit earlier, a bit earlier, beginning to eat well or eat better, and just gradually. We're talking over many, many months. This was six months or more, or almost a year. Gradually just help her take those steps and also help her uh, feel better about herself, have more uh, more self-care, more self-love, because she didn't love it. Well, I didn't think she loved herself or didn't. It wasn't really caring about itself mm. at, at that time. And that was quite a long time. That was maybe... There was even small things. Like, I was super intimidated by driving. Mm -hmm. I'm an, an inherently anxious person, and that idea of being on the road scared me quite a lot. And so we started going out for 10 minutes at night up on the head near our house. We started making it 20 minutes, 30 minutes, started maybe getting closer to the main road, started doing it in the afternoon, started, yeah. like, building it up to the point that I got on the freeway. <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it was just baby steps. Yeah, very small steps. Yeah, we, we used to we used to drive around the headland near where we lived in the dark at about nine o'clock at night when there was no cars, like a huge car park with no cars in it, on a headland, just driving around <laughs> and then gradually getting a bit faster and introducing cars. I went at twenty k's an hour for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> and gradually, gradually got faster. It's, it was um, it was real real baby steps. Um, and then build and building on those, uh, and and that's that's one of the big things I learned that it's not not about making like taking massive action or doing something huge. In our case, that wasn't going to work. It was identifying those small things and keeping them as like a, a stepping stone, if you like, to moving forward. Okay. Yeah. Now, guys, we're spending a little time getting to know Peter and Bell so far. In the second half of the show, we're going to get into how this all changed and, and what it means now. And you guys, you need to stay with us because this is an incredible story about a father and his daughter. And I, I there's a reason this is a Christmas show, guys. You're, you're going to love this. This is a beautiful present. You guys are going to dig this. We're going to roll our sponsors and we will be right back with more from Peter and Bell. How well do you sleep at night? Do you toss and turn and wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Sleep is commonly one of the critical elements people fall short on in their life. The quality of sleep you get directly affects your ability to control your weight, your ability to add muscle, your stress levels, and your everyday job and life performance. If you're ready to move to the next level, then sleep 
has to be part of the plan. Check out our friends at ghostbed.com if you're ready to get your best sleep. I love my ghost bed. I've been sleeping on one for a couple of years and has made a huge difference in how I sleep. Hit ghostbed.com and use the code thefallibleman 30 to get 30% off your order and start getting better night's sleep tomorrow. Now, let's go on to the show. And we're back. We're here with Peter and Belle discussing what every child needs to hear from their father, especially young girls. Now, let me ask you guys, how impacting is a father's love and support in the self-esteem of a young woman? Should I take that? Yeah, you can go. Okay. You can go. Yeah. Um, probably pretty paramount. I mean, it's your first real, well, it's your first male relationship that shows you that model of how you should be treated. It's one of your, as your parent, it's their primary role to make you feel good, to round you out, send you off into the world all nice. <laughs> I think a lack of it definitely has quite a critical influence on your well-being. You can definitely thrive and flourish without it. I'm not discounting that. I just think it's definitely has quite an influence to have that healthy communication open, to have that assistance and making yourself feel good. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think like most dads, you don't really have a dad playbook. Uh, so you're trying your best to love them the best you possibly can. And then as they grow up, you're um, you're facing different sorts of challenges. And uh, it's, but it is, it's the most challenging and the most rewarding role um, at the same time. I, I think, I think dads and daughters, it's a bit trickier than dads with sons, but I think boys are a little bit more straightforward. But that's my experience anyway. As a boy. As a boy. Yeah. As a boy. I have two little ones. I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old right now. Two girls. Yeah. That are just two girls. Okay. My heart and soul. Uh, Yeah. I I love, just love having that time. I'm dreading the day when they hit the teenage phase and they they don't come running to the door. Daddy, when I get home. I'm dreading dreading that day. Yeah, we yeah. really we 180 on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So it can come back around. Okay. Right yes, now they're again. It has. <laughs> they're they're young enough. I'm still Superman. So I I, I love I'm loving this part oh, of their yeah. life, right? <laughs> but I I think yeah. I think you hit it on the head, Peter. There there is no and there's no playbook for moms, right? We we all try and learn from our parents, but it's amazing. Even if you have great parents, right? I, I was blessed with very good parents, but becoming a parent, you're like, uh, how do how did they do this? How did they not kill us all? And I think it's tricky now too, Brent, because I mean, uh, I was fortunate enough to have um, two two great parents. But it's a very different generation uh, now than than then, and I think I think the the challenges on young people now, the young teens. There's extraordinary challenges on them that weren't on um, uh, our parents um, when, when they were um, when they were raising us. So it's it requires a different playbook, I guess, in some ways. But also, it's uh, it's different, but it's also the same in terms of just finding a way to um, to love your children and give them the love that they need. And that's like the that's the journey um, that I think each parent's on to find the right love for the child at the time. I definitely agree. It's uh it is a very different world. I'm forty-two. I'm feeling old now. Um I'm forty-two and like just just watching my children. It's like the world is so, so much different than yeah. I, I, I tease them because I had, you know, one of the first modern cell phones and I was nineteen when it came out. 
you know, now yeah. my daughter's, my 10 year old wants her own cell phone. I'm like, uh, no, Wait, excuse me. What? No. Yeah, yeah. Who are you calling? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you going to call? You know? it's like it's like google and it's social media it's uh all the all the apps and all the the youtube that they've got access to it's it's a very different world uh, for them and it's mm. a lot more it's a lot more challenging for them i remember i yeah. you gave me my first phone when i was in year six which would be you guys have different metrics but i was about 12. Okay. i got one of those slide up phones just for like when I was on the bus coming home from school or whatever and I thought I was the coolest kid in the <laughs> <laughs> a little slide up and I'd be like I have a keyboard do you have a keyboard oh <laughs> uh, yeah no it's uh it's just funny to watch the changes right that you have to deal with I think a lot of our young people's problems can now follow them home where it couldn't before right when I was yeah, growing up happening like being bullied at school or yeah, any yeah. you have with friends or anything you're worried about boys or like whatever it is you can't leave and go and do your own life it exists it permeates throughout your entire life it's right before you go to bed right when you wake up which makes a lot of like creates well, exacerbates doesn't create a lot of mental health issues that come around especially within like the context of high school mm -hmm. you can't leave and get away from whatever was happening it's around all the time mm. yeah yeah it'll be very interesting how life continues to progress bill would you think that uh it would be healthier for young people to spend less time on social media absolutely absolutely i think definitely limiting it you don't have to completely remove yourself because that creates a whole other problem you don't want to be disconnected from what is now the central form of communication mm -hmm. but you definitely need to be strict with yourself about it and when you see be purposeful about what you put on your own pages things like saying not interested the things that wouldn't be beneficial to you like for girls it's things like photos of supermodels and that kind of stuff giving you very yucky feelings about yourself or for guys i'm sure there's a similar equivalent or it's just things like not going on your phone straight away when you wake up so that your first thing you see is all these uh, the highlight reels of other people's lives when you're looking at your own bloopers it's like not a very good way to compare yourself so i think it's good to have it's really good to stay in contact with your friends and stay in the limits it's fun to post it's fun mm. to do all that stuff but you definitely need to have rules around it for your own well-being yeah that's undeniable absolutely I, I love the way you said that looking at everybody's best moments while you're looking at your own bloopers yeah like you just see everyone's like super fun i connect with that yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like, my life doesn't look like that. <laughs> like, their life wasn't either. <laughs> I I recommend that to adults too. I I mean, mm -hmm. I recommend to adults I talk to all the time is like, take take an hour or two before you touch your mm -hmm. electronics when you get yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Start start your day here, present here, not present mm -hmm. here. Yeah. And Even smaller things like I've got it that it doesn't show notifications when you get a notification from instagram or snapchat or whatever it doesn't show what it says so unless you're like ready to actively engage with it it's like hey something's happening but not gonna like you'll see it when you see it if that makes sense mm. it doesn't like permeate won't distract you from whatever you're doing if you get a notification that would like cause concern or something mm. yeah now i think it's interesting too brent that um 
we are talking to each other less too, which I, I guess also gets to the parenting piece. But I, I saw some research recently that um, Apple released and they said that uh, they're just looking at conversations in terms of people's conversations on phones, not even face-to-face conversations, and they've fallen every year since 2006 mm. until the average length of a conversation now is 22 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and people are spending less than 10% of their phone time talking to people. So it's it, it not just the Instagram and, and all that all that sort of very highly curated life that you're seeing, you're actually talking to people less, mm. having mm-hmm. less human to human conversations, which which really concerns me too, because you can't solve much with Instagram or uh, or Facebook or whatever your favourite social media platform is. You can stay connected in a way, but when it comes to a parenting relationship, it's not a social media relationship. It's a real a real relationship based on real conversations about really important issues. I and think as well, like we've created this model of social media and social interaction, which is meant to progress the way that we communicate with each other but it's actually made us more disconnected than we ever have been which creates a lot more loneliness in a lot of the younger generation where in a sense that you have more opportunity to talk to people you're constantly talking to people but you don't get the same human connection that makes that fulfills you in that way so you just get left with this like kind of empty oh my god love your photo queen <laughs> instead of like actual <laughs> friendships and interactions yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. first time one of my and friends. You usually, sorry, yeah, go ahead. So you go, Brent. I was, I was just going to say, you know, uh, uh, when you're in a genuine friendship with somebody or a genuine relationship with somebody, it's not an Instagram highly created reel that you're talking to. You're talking to a real person, usually about real issues, concerns, fears, problems that you'll you'll never see on a social media post. Uh, and it, that's that's the real relationship. That's not the social media relationship. That's almost the opposite. In the same way that yeah. it can become, even not just in one-on-one interactions, in the way that we interact on the internet in general is very, just we've created two extremes of opinion. There's no ground for a middle. There's no people will be on one side and argument, people will be on the other, and they will be disgusting to each other. There's no room for constructive growth or any form of real dialogue it just comes down to who wore the best dress at the met gala and if i think her dress is ugly i'm gonna send her death threats like it just turns into this really Mm. disgusting manifestation of our worst traits Mm -hmm. instead of being real constructive dialogue with other people that helps you progress to be an even better individual it just Mm. i think it's overall very destructive definitely necessary in some aspects and helps you in a lot of ways like networking staying in contact with people but it can be incredibly destructive if left unchecked. Mm. Absolutely. A mm. uh, friend of ours from Sydney, actually, uh, Dr. Christian Heim, has been on the show once or twice, or three times now, I think. But he uh, put out a like six-minute video on his YouTube channel. Really well-done video talking about the uh, actual neurological and physiological impacts of prolonged media exposure, social media exposure. Mm-hmm on the brain itself and what it's doing to our brains. I was like, oh, that's that's really depressing. Like it's actually like yeah. shrinking the part of your brain that's capable of empathy, like the center for that controls oh, really? empathy. Yeah. Wow. yeah, prolonged social media, just constant bombardment. It is actually shrinking in the brain. They're finding out it's shrinking that center where empathy comes from. Wow. And seeing that concrete proof of how much of an influence that has, it's like scary. Yeah. 
Yeah. But hey, we'll go into happier moments because that is kind of depressing thoughts. Tell us a little bit, you, you hit this moment, right? Where you had this conversation that just started turning things around. Tell us about that. Well, I, <laughs> I was struggling for a very long time. I was, and I was doing it all by myself. I didn't want to let anybody in on what was really going on. So I understand how from an external perspective, like the one that you had, I just looked like a dicky little teenager doing stupid things, not taking very care of myself, not getting out of bed, not doing all that kind of stuff. And it hit a certain point where I was starting to realize that I really wasn't okay. And I could no longer be like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, because it was seriously starting to impact my life. And we had a moment in our kitchen, actually, I think it was in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I spent a lot of time staring at the wall and coming to some realizations. And I had a break where I just, dad was asking me why I felt that way, what he thought the core of it was, what trying to break down, trying to figure it out because I'd only just started really talking to him about it. And what we came down to was just, I didn't think that I was enough. I didn't think that I was good enough. I didn't think I was pretty enough. I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I was good enough to deserve a better quality of life, which is really what came down to me manifesting those terrible situations for myself. And so dad's thing became just, you are enough. And because he's a comedian, it became <laughs> you are a NUFF. And then that spear rolled, I started for my HSC high school certificate, which is our year 11 and 12 major assessments. I started working on things about self-esteem and all that kind of stuff as a way to be interested in it and also learn more about it in order to help myself. And we came across a lot of different things. We started doing, oh, maybe we should do t-shirts, maybe we should do this year enough thing. And it just turned into this really beautiful product together that ended up helping me be a lot kinder to myself, realizing that what I was telling other people to do and what I was saying, what I was preaching about self-love and self-worth was something that I equally deserved to listen to and equally deserved to add to my life. And I think it was, yeah, definitely something very constructive. Yeah. <laughs> and we have the beautiful website, You're Enough. Now, let's for all of our listeners, because right, this is a podcast, guys, that's Y-O-U-R-A, N U F F. It yeah. is grammatically incorrect. And yeah. I apologize for that, yeah. but there's no other way through the sentence without making sense. And there's a, and we've had a lot of, uh, well, a lot of, we have, we've had some flack read about the grammatical incorrectness, uh, but it's, he it's, likes the grammatically incorrect. It, it's very, it's I mean, it's, uh, we, I mean, it started off as, as almost like a, almost like a semi, like a joke between Bill and I, like, you're enough. You're a, you're a, uh, as Bell was saying, big enough, strong enough, smart enough to deal with this. And then we thought, um, we, we started sharing that with other people, that, that idea, that thought. And they said, um, that's a really great message for people, really great message, um, not just for young women, but for, but for, for people in general, for parents, um, for, uh, for teenage boys, for teenage girls. And uh, we thought, um, we, 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 people said, you, should, you guys should make some T-shirts with that on it. And we thought, who's going to buy t-shirt with enough on it i mean i'm thinking <laughs> anyway I, mean, I, I got a i i was the angel investor i got a i got a hundred t-shirts made uh, by a local printer and i just put a simple facebook post with our story and the enough and, and it, it's they sold in a day there's a bang 
they, they disappeared. I'm thinking, wow, this is this is really, really, uh, really exciting, really, really crazy. Uh, and it was it was interesting how the story of the business or the story of, of that idea becoming a business, if you like, Bell's business, uh, was was the story of her uh, rebuilding her life. Uh, and and as as the business grew and as as the idea grew, her her life grew. We're not talking like overnight again. We're talking about over six to twelve months that this 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 idea was developing, and this business was developing. And through that time, Bell got herself healthy again. Got herself back to school. We changed schools, uh, back to school, and then did really well. And High school year, which, which is HSC, started, started eating properly, started feeling better about herself, started going outside, started wearing more regular clothes. I mean, the whole the whole nine yards. I dressed kind of like Adam Sandler for quite a while. And it was it was interesting how the as as Bell developed the, the business developed alongside her, and a, a lot of parents, a lot of kids loved the idea, and we started the website. Uh, we started a Shopify store, uh, and people were sending us photos of them, of them with their enough shirts on, with them and them and their kids. We started posting those on Instagram, and it was, uh, yeah, it's just an idea that just it just it grew organically. It wasn't something that we like we're masterminds, like we're Elon Musk business people that crack this great idea. We're going to buy Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just it just developed, which is really nice, really nice for Bill. And there was just that yeah. turning point where you finally talked and just this is the conversation that really took hold is you're enough yeah yeah i mean i was so convinced that i had to figure it out on my own and we weren't very close for quite a while so i didn't feel like i could let him on it i didn't feel like i could let my friends in on it i didn't think i thought that i just had to get over it pull my socks up keep going and it's actually that final step in asking for help or not even asking just saying that you are struggling and saying that there is something seriously wrong that you need to address. It's such a scary step to take. And once you do it, it just improves your life tenfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what happens, well, what I realize happens too, is that um, Bell had, from my perspective, had basically lost trust in the world, uh, lost trust in everybody pretty much. Uh, and it's, it's a bit tricky to get in and try and um, help your daughter or your son or whoever you're caring for. Uh, trust you enough to rely on you to help make that next step. So, uh, and, and the other thing I, I learned was that it's 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 not not about um, how much how much you love them. It's a matter of, of how much um, love they can feel for themselves and helping them feel that. And something like this business helped Belle feel like she could do something worthwhile. She could do something good for the world, if you like. Uh, and it was that was part of her part of her remedy if you like or part of what helps make her get back on track mm. yeah well so it, it's easy in retrospect it's easy in retrospect Brent. back back then it wasn't it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a dream ride at all we had a lot of we had a lot of like um very strong yelling screaming conversation it wasn't like oh wow we woke up one morning thought you're enough and everything just magically the sun rose and birds started chirping in the sky rainbows came out it wasn't like that it was it was it was it was tricky 
but we realize we're on the right track. You think this is, we know it's hard, but we know now we're, we're on the right track and we're going to get to go to this, which is really cool. And it's, I'm so awesomely proud of her being at her HSC graduation, watching her graduate and get her HSC, knowing what she'd been through was just unforgettable experience. I, I can't say how proud I was that she managed to do that. <laughs> it was very cool. Yeah. For all of you guys listening to the audio, you need to watch the video on this one too. Just, just saying it'll be on YouTube. <laughs> You need to watch the video too. Yeah. Bella's very expressive. <laughs> Bella's very expressive in the background as her father talks. Yeah. yeah. Now, you're you're working through university. What's you, we talked a little bit during the break. The next sets for not is continued expansion. You're gonna you're gonna take this bigger. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Originally, it was just people around um, us in the northern beaches. We used to just. Oh, sorry, it's a question for you, was it? It's a question for y'all, so. We are planning on expanding. That's the next step. I mean, we've done pretty well within the Sydney community. We've branched out now to places like Gosford and further, which makes no sense to you. <laughs> but basically, throughout our little state, we've expanded quite a bit. We've gone over to Perth on the other side of the coast, like getting a few more customers. And now the next step is to move out branch out further i'm not sure if there will be interest ideally there is and also coming up with new products that people will find a lot more interesting like the whole sweatpants and sweatshirts thing was a big one coffee cups was a big one too moving on to things like stickers or beanies or trucker hats or that kind of stuff we're just looking at what we can do next and i have so much newfound motivation now to do something with so that's pretty good so we're just going to keep going see how yeah. far we can take it yeah but. yeah we, we've, we've had small sales um like the uk and the us mm -hmm. like the individual sales and neither bell or i know anything about like um websites or shopify or like uh, print on demand so it's a hugely steep learning curve for us every every step is a big one because i'm not technically minded at all nor is bell so we're, we're <laughs> so we're learning we're learning about all this um and it just seems like the business or the message has its own momentum brent it just has its own energy its own momentum mm -hmm. uh, and we're not like pushing it it just seems to uh people are pulling it from us if you like um which is which is really lovely and if we can if we can help our parents and their kids get that message, like the, the parents are enough, the kids are enough, and 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 even if that sets up a conversation between the parent and the and the children, uh, it's it's a it's a great conversation starter if you like in that relationship, like why are you enough, how are you enough uh, in your life, and also just that conversation about self worth as well, because yeah, yeah. before I really opened to my dad, he had no understanding of like those mental health difficulties or that those experiences of self-dislike and all that kind of stuff he wasn't fully really aware or really certainly not aware that i was experiencing it but also unaware of really the nuances of it where it comes from he had very much an attitude of like pull your socks up just be happy What's the like why just get be happy why are you sad yeah. just get up just get up get and up then, to school and be happy what, what, what's, what's your problem what's your problem what, lady? what's challenging about but that but now he it kind of also made him realize that there's it's so much more layered than that and it's like yes you can want to go to school yes you can want to get up and want to do your stuff but when you are experiencing those sorts of feelings it's so much more layered and you need a very different kind of support when 
you're experiencing that, you need your hand to be held and you need to be pushed a little bit, but not shoved. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely really good to open that line of conversation or even to just acknowledge that that is something that your kids will most likely be dealing with. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I, I think your brand, that's the conversation. I think your brand and story has universal appear, appeal. <laughs> I mean, not, not just for kids. I, I know so many adults with self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I mean, we're talking adults from like young adults to adults older than me who, who have self-esteem issues, right? They, they, something happened in their life and there was no one there at the time to reinforce the positive or, you know, even, even after they were an adult, something, something happened. They had a negative interaction at some point that just battered that self-esteem. I think has a universal appeal. I think you guys can go a long way with this. Yeah, it's definitely not just something that like young girls deal with. It's definitely a very universal thing, especially as well. I want to expand that conversation further into guys as well, because even though the conversation is already very stigmatized, it's a lot more open around women. There's a lot more, you need to love yourself, queen. You go put on that dress, buy yourself some flowers. Very like the conversation is very open, but guys don't I don't know I'm not a guy probably (laughs) but it's like the conversation isn't as open and discussions of things like self-worth and self-esteem and how you feel about yourself and mental health are far more stigmatized for guys and I think we've been donating to um young women but here that sort of stuff but I think it's also I would really like to branch into whether it's just young men or older men as well and just talking about how it is okay to have to talk about mental health whether it's good or bad to mention that certain things bothered you or you were upset by something or you just having that open dialogue i think will be really important mm. in the future yeah i agree yeah that's something something yeah the message for the young boys too because from from what i can what i can tell uh, is uh it's a bit it's a bit trickier now um for a young boy to understand what being masculine is because there was old school like toxic masculinity, which has understandably um, been uh, been replaced or, or or been been called out, if you like. And a lot of young men aren't sure what it means to be male or what it means to be enough as a as a as a young male. Too, uh, we've been focusing 100% on on young women, and most but most of our customers aren't young women; they're parents. Um, their parents are young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that want that message themselves, as you're saying, a lot of a lot of adults feel that way, and also to help them buying um, for their, their children too. So um, yeah, I think it's I think you're right. It's a universal message for, so for, for us all. You know what toxic masculinity is now? I'm so proud. <laughs> we had this conversation. <laughs> uh, oh, see, that's she, that's a whole other can of worms right there. Because I'll debate that one till the day I die. My little baby bird leaves yeah. the nest. <laughs> I've been i getting very well educated on our toxic masculinity and the, the male hierarchy and all that stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i was gonna say you're you're on the right for show for that we're we're having that debate all the time uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys are focused on young women i'm focused on men changing that conversation for men but uh i i talk to a lot of other men in this sphere sphere and not a single man defines masculinity the same way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And sorry, Similarly, though, a lot of women perceive femininity differently. 
expand you got to sarah sorry pointed out looking at your site you guys got to expand your size range as you expand yeah i'm yeah, not that small that. <laughs> yeah and if sarah's got some advice for us but we're happy to take it because uh we, we, i've talked originally when we first started i wanted to go with extra and extra extra small and large extra large extra extra large and so on but dad thought that it would be easier to start with a smaller range of sizes, especially we didn't know if we were going to be successful or not. We weren't sure yeah. what well, yeah. the dealio was. And whenever you get a new size, you have it well, so much more. And when you when you're stocking it, right? That's why we talked about print on demand briefly. When you're actually having to carry sock, right, that, that gets mm -hmm. hefty. That, that that's pricey after yeah. a while. All the yeah, sizes, yeah. all the and, colors. And we weren't sure if it was going to be successful or not. So we weren't sure if we were needed to commit in that way yet. We didn't know what we did. We had originally had four colors uh, and five sizes. Uh, and that's a lot to carry. A lot of stock. I was the angel investor, if you like, to get all those printed. And I didn't know whether we'd sell anything. I'm thinking, well, how much can I invest in this? But I, I'm, I, I love Bell dearly and I love the idea. But I'm thinking, how much can I afford to have sitting in the garage? <laughs> <laughs> and it got to sell the back of my mind. I'm thinking, can I afford to do this? Uh, no, I understand and, entirely. We, 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 we do need to get into drop shipping and we do, do need to move more into that in that um, way of running the business. That's something we'll definitely need to do. Yeah. 
Guys, Absolutely. Let, let, let's bring this home. What is the most important takeaway you want people to hear today? The most important message um, I would say is that uh, no matter uh, how you're feeling or how people are around you are feeling, um, that you are, you, are, you are strong enough, you're beautiful enough, you're smart enough um, to deal with the challenges that are in front of you and to reach out to someone who may need that message um, or uh, if you're the person that needs that message, reach out to someone that can help you uh, really get back, uh, get back on track and uh, be um, as happy and joyful and productive in your particular life dancing to your own particular drum um, as you go forward and make your unique contribution to the world. That's what I'd suggest. Um, I would probably say your mental health is your life. It is the foundation for every other aspect of your existence. It's how you perceive the, everyone around you. It's how you treat the people around you. It's how you form relationships, how you form a relationship with yourself. And if you are struggling with that, it's not something to be ignored. It's not something to shove to the side. If you really need to pay attention to it and ask people for help and let the people around you in on it because they will want to help you once they know that you're struggling. And even if you're not just everyday mental well-being, making sure you have an act of self-care every single day or you're doing something to make yourself feel good, whether that's, it doesn't even have to be productive, whether you, it actually shouldn't be productive, just something that you do for yourself every day and really continuing to work on that relationship with yourself and commit yourself to it in the same way you would to another person I think it's probably the most important thing. All right. You've got the Absolutely. website. You are enough. Do you guys do social media? Is enough brand on Instagram yeah, or something? Instagram and Facebook. We Instagram and Facebook. Same deal. Uh, you're enough. Why are you are a in your double F? You're enough. Double F. Double F. That's okay. The accents come through. It's great. Americans love the Australian <laughs> accent. You guys have the best accent. Yeah, so. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. You might have like, the, can you get this translated for your American? Yeah, subtitles at the bottom. Subtitles back into English. Trust me, when I when I edit the subtitles, it's it's always exciting going across with uh, different. Oh, what it thinks. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't actually like uh, Australian is not as difficult for my software to pull the subtitles. Mm -hmm. uh, I interviewed a guy who was up in Scotland. And uh, it, it had a field day with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I should just type this all by hand. I shouldn't even try the software yeah, at this point. People that live in the north of England that got very thick accents. They're very hard to understand. Yeah, it's very true. But hey, I, I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm a southerner by birth, so I can tell you some of my countrymen have just as bad of accents to deal with. So as far as like... Yeah software translating and actually picking up and transcripting mm -hmm. it. It's like, really entertaining what sometimes though, what it comes up with. It's like, uh, you listen to the audio and you look at how it, it transcribed it and you're like, <laughs> like it's not how people talk, but okay. I'm not sure how it got that from that, but okay. <laughs> but it, it tried, good job. Exactly, right? <laughs> it gave it his best shot. Guys, yeah. you are enough. That, that is, I hope you take this message to heart. Go support Bell. Go go to you're enough, you are, Y-O-U-R-A-N-U-F-F dot com. Check it out. 
They're going to be expanding. Those of us who are a little bigger, I'm a 2X, are waiting till you guys expand. But when you get there, you let me know. I'm going to buy a shirt. Okay. But uh, guys, guys, go support. We all need to believe in ourselves, but we all know people in our lives who don't believe in themselves. This is a valid message. And this, this is an amazing story, you two. This is... I'm I'm so amazed when a young person chooses to take difficulties and go, you know what? I'm not only going to survive, I'm going to thrive. I, I'm going to go forward and I'm going to thrive and I'm going to change the world because other people need to know this too. So hats off to you, Belle. This is awesome. This undertaking that you and your dad have going together is very cool. Uh, Thank you. I, I'm always excited to see parents and, and children working together i'm sorry about the children comment i know you're in university but uh you know you'll, you'll always be your dad's little girl you'll always be your dad's little girl i told my daughters that all the time it's like yeah when you're 45 you're still gonna be my baby it's, it's just how it is <laughs> but thank you for taking the time to share your story with our audience guys merry christmas i hope the story warms your heart as much as it does mine as always, be better tomorrow because what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.